devil a tag team We keep a black and blue theme But got me Shawn Michaels too with Mario Gennetti Shoot me the secrets like Hetty But keeps me in the mix like spaghetti Speed through life, Mario and Dreddy Fast but steady, I walk the danger zone Folks want to dead me I knew it wasn't my hood But it was no other way to get home I did want you to be a tag team So I keep changing the schedule <laughs> Because... There's so much to get to this year as far as the wins. I remember when I first started the show and I had the format I wanted to do down. And it just didn't. I remember recording the first couple episodes and it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel natural. And I think I said this before. I had to change it up. So I changed it up. And then for like a good six or seven months, I would say, it feels like the Wednesday show was like suffering because I didn't have the combined um, efforts of both shows. And as the show has grown, thanks to you guys, we're now like, I think last time I checked, we're at 28,000, 20, excuse me, 20, uh, no, 20, listeners. Um, like we've, we've grown like last we were like, I thought I would lose people, but ever since I come back consistently, we've gained more listeners. Um, Wednesday shows just picked up so much that I'm like, okay, how do I balance all of this out? You know, and like talk about everything I want to talk about without keeping, cause the one thing I can compliment on pretty often is how often, how long the shows are. And sometimes how it's like just indigestible bites to where it doesn't take you from any other podcast or forces you to listen to anyone else more than me or whatever. And I can see that, you know, that's why I don't listen to many podcasts because sometimes it's too long. Sometimes it's way too many commercials that last like 15 minutes and you have to buy subscriptions. Like, I don't want to do that. If if it becomes um, profitable to do that, I'll do it. But I don't really want to, you know, um, a plug here and there is no, no issue, but my, but but we think I just I'm thinking about everything. We have the recruit coming up. We have the flash coming up. The flash is this week, you know, with some big secret ending. I'm I am staying off social media until I see that movie. Uh, and I, I think it comes up officially Friday, obviously, but I think Thursday will be the date. I'm gonna go see it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. But I'm staying off the fucking internet because apparently it's some secret ending. Um. Uh, once to, I'm recording this on Sunday. Once Monday hits, I'm staying off the internet, and honestly, I'm probably gonna stay off YouTube as well because YouTube just spoils shit too. But um, I wanted to do this because I did last time. I think the only time we've ever done this was when it was a Snyder Cut coming out, and I still maintain the Snyder Cut was a fantastic movie, and I loved, uh, and I loved it even if like we even if I knew in my heart of hearts that that was the only thing we were getting. I still enjoyed it, what I got. Um, but I want to do this again for this movie, because this movie has been plagued for a decade. So in anticipation of The Flash, we're going to talk about the, the lows of this film. And I don't know what the highs will be. This is the first summer since COVID, so two years ago, where it feels like a summer blockbuster season. Like, I remember at one point in time, many, 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 many years ago, when people would say, well, it's the summer blockbuster season. I never understood it. You know, but I also wasn't in the entertainment field either. And I wasn't fully integrated with what they were talking about. And then COVID hit and took all that away from us. And I remember the first movie I saw, we were still in COVID, but it was Black Widow. And it didn't feel like a normal movie experience. As much as I like to go to theaters and they're empty as fuck, it felt different. It felt much different. And by me living in Colorado, let me say something. Those movie theaters aren't very packed. People tend to go and go and spread out ways. So it, it, they're not packed. Like, you know, so it's, it's different. Living in Atlanta, those movie, those movie theaters are freaking packed, dude. They are packed. 
you know, living in Maryland, those those things are packed. You know, I don't know how my experience will be where I'm at now. Um, you guys keep asking where I am. I'm in a secret location, uh, hidden away by CIA, because um, even the CIA was a prisoner once. Um, anyway, so essentially, um, this movie was supposed to be produced in. It was supposed to be a bunch of different things, and I don't think we've ever de- de- delved into the uh, delved into. Is that the word? Dived, dive, delved. I don't think we ever got into. Let's just make that easier. They're both words, but I don't know if I'm moving right. Dived into uh, or gotten into. <laughs> sorry, um, all the production drama. But essentially, this movie was meant once. This movie was meant to come out, I think, in 2017, 2016, and Ezra Miller was cast as the Flash. And it's been through, as they say, air quotes, no air quotes, no air quotes, production hell. And it's been through a number of directors. I know a couple of directors just didn't see the same vision as Ezra Miller. And so that's why that those collaborations didn't ha- happen. I know Muschietti has been the one to really help Ezra feel like this has been a good vision for the film and the production situation and, like, seeing the vision. Um... This was, so, I guess you can say this all starts with the production hell this was in, then you add on the whole Snyder cut thing, where you have Snyder with the vision, we're not going to replay this over and over again, we know the tragedy he went through, we know the frustration that we as the fans went through, dealing with WB trying to change course all of a sudden, because they they shouldn't have rushed these things to begin with, but they decided to rush it, they put themselves in the predicament where now they're rushing it, now everyone's getting fucked over. And essentially, once Muschietti got on board, then we started to see and hear a little tidbits of the Flash. And then Zack Snyder was able to show us what this version of the Flash can do in the Snyder Cut. With probably the best scene in that movie, visually, is of him going through the Speed Force. And that was the first time we saw that on the big screen. We've seen it plenty of times. On the, on the little screen with Grant Gustin's version of The Flash, which is still good, you know, uh, no matter how much the quality dipped, us seeing the Speed Force in the season one and seeing parts of our future was pretty, pretty cool. So we saw that version of The Flash, and I think people, I don't think it's universally hated. I don't mind it because, here's my thing, the same way I feel about, uh, Eisenberg's portrayal of Lex Luthor, it's how they're being directed to do it. And I, I think less of that with Ezra Miller, I think this is how he wants to play it now. But I think also this is this is the version of Barry Allen. He's nerdy, kind of goofy, uh, pretty silly. This is kind of how Barry Allen is, like as far as personality-wise. Uh, cheap quirks and stuff. Um, but Barry Allen in the comic books is, can be, at times, a, a badass, you know. So I think we, we we haven't grown in these movies with this character to even see that. Um, and I actually, I remember seeing the first trailer for it, like what, in January or December, whenever it was. And I remember myself and Jonathan Esser talking about it, and we both agreed that this movie looks like it's going to be effing fantastic. And I really, and it's, it's dude, the toughest part, the tough, toughest part about this movie outside the Ezra Miller stuff, which, which we'll get to in a second, is the Spider-Verse movie. That movie came and is universally and critically just... People are saying so many golden things about it. I know what it is. I haven't seen that, but I know what it is. I know what, what's ha- what happens and stuff like that. And But see, here's the thing. If you like that movie, the reason you like it is because those producers, 
those writers, the talent, the entire production staff clearly were in unison where they knew where they wanted to go. Like once they dropped one, I didn't I never even saw the post credit scene, so I didn't know the post credit scene until this movie. And you've seen Spider-Man 2099. Once that was a big success, I think it won an Oscar for visual effects. They knew what the next two... Because they, they announced immediately there's two more movies after this. So they had a three-movie arc already in place and everything. And the only thing they were going to do they do was just tell their story. And everyone was on board with it, clearly. I may go see it this week um, just to get out the house and do something different. I may go see it. Um... But to me, that's how you are supposed to do these things. Like, I remember, who was it? I've never seen the show Supernatural before, but I've always been told that the original showrunner and creator had a five-season arc. He said, all I have is five seasons, but I can get you through. He said, but this this show is meant for five seasons. I have I have the perfect arc for it. Apparently, if you watch the first five seasons of Supernatural, it's super freaking dope. And then you could tell the quality dipped after season five. And I, th- and I remember having a conversation with someone. I said this on this podcast before. I don't remember which episode was so long ago. Maybe two years ago. But I remember someone saying to me one time, he was like, if you think about it, most showrunners only have arcs for two to three seasons. Anything after that, it's something they have to come up with on the fly. Because now the show's a success. Now we have to do this. And I didn't think of it like that. Not many shows can end after that. Because if it's, if it's success and it's bringing money, and it's bringing money to people and people don't want to quit, you got to keep it going. And, that's, and to me, that's interesting. And it's true. And my point in saying all this is, you can tell that no one's been on the same page, but people have been praising this movie. Now that more of the reviews are coming out, the, the embargo's lifted, you're seeing more and more negative reviews. Um, here's my thing. I, I think this movie you have to go see for yourself. Whether it's you streaming it, whenever it comes on Max, watching it in the theater, you have to go see this movie on your own because... There's still a ton of WB hate. I can't, I can't, you can't take that out of the equation. There's still a ton of it. And not just that, but there is superhero fatigue in a lot of people now. Never thought I would say that. But I think a lot of people are just tired of the, the talk being about superheroes. But even, but here's my thing. How many Mission Impossibles is there? How many Fast and Furious movies is there? I just think it's just one of those things where when it's a genre that people fully don't understand... And they and as you delve more into multiversal stuff, and I think those things are complicated to the the, the casual. And me and Jonathan Esser disagree about this. I definitely don't think people Spider-Man, Batman, Superman are their own entities to themselves. We know who owns them, but they're their own entity, entities. People will accept them for who they are usually, right? I don't think people understand the multiversal, multiversal stuff. And how can you? It's a bunch of loopholes to get to the ultimate goal. <laughs> so I disagree with a lot of people. I disagree with John Nasser about that. I think people just don't like it because they don't get it. And because they feel like it's less consequences. Because everybody also is a fucking critic nowadays, too. So everyone went to art school. Everyone has this particular thing they have with writers, even though they don't know what they're watching most of the time. I was just watching a show, Yellowstone. Uh, I got it. I don't know how I got into it. I think, you know why I got into it? I just got into it recently. I've been binging it. I'm at season five episode two now um i I was reading up in season five was last season so um and it feels like it should be this last season um it feels like everything's coming to a head too but um 
I think I only got into it because I kept seeing it pull up my timeline, which is really weird. Because the one thing if I will like watch like thirty minutes of a show and put it down, usually your algorithm from your phone, tablets, and everything that's connected to each other will say, "Oh, this person likes this person likes this. You should do this." But no, this was all my timeline. So I said, "Fuck, I gotta watch it." And so I think it's good. And something to me that catches me, it reminded me yesterday of why I love writing. There's a scene with a character named Jimmy at the beginning of the season. He gets sent away, and he's with a significant other at the time, and he tells uh, Kevin Costner's character, and Kevin Costner does a fantastic job in this role, by the way, hey, she loves me. He says, well, love don't leave that easy. If love, if, if love is real, love will wait. That line is so small and so not even special or spectacular that didn't think anything about it, right? And I didn't realize this until I realized it was episode 10, and it's the final show of the final episode of the season. And I was like, they really let this guy have this journey. He couldn't have had more than. Uh, 20, 25 minutes of screen time. Throughout this entire season. But they were able to tell his journey in these short. Little segments. And then he finds, he gets shipped away. He meets another lady who's pretty, you know, pursuing him, pretty open. And she says, if you want me to wait, I'll wait. He says, I'll wait. I remember when I first watched that, I was like, damn, dude. Like, you, just know, you, just, you literally just met this broad. Like, oh, my God. And I thought about that first episode. That's why I love writing so much. That's why it's so important. Because I wish you guys could see me how, how big of a smile I have on my face. Because that line was what he was looking for the entire season, and it ended. It ended that that, that story arc will get, get ended pretty good. Uh, once I finish it, I'll probably do a review of it. But anyways, the point me saying all this is, that's what good storytelling can do for you. We're literally going into this with it being a completely different story. This was at first was supposed to be a buddy movie with Ray Fisher as Cyborg returning as Cyborg, and Ezra Miller as the Flash being a buddy cop kind of film type of thing. Doing air quotes again. To try to free Barry's father from um, rightful imprisonment. Ray Fisher then has falling out with uh, Walter Yamada of WB, who I think is actually leaving after. I think he left after Black Adam last year as head of uh, WB or vice president, wherever he was. And then they changed it again. This thing has changed so many times. It's changed underwear more times than I have changed in a year. Um, that's saying a lot because I change every day. And. Um, now it's based off a of Flashpoint. Now we're getting two Batmans. Now we're getting Supergirl. And everything looks like... And once again, it's someone's job to make the trailers look fantastic. I do think this movie will be a fantastic movie. I don't think it will be a satisfying end to the DCEU. Because this isn't the end. This, we still have the fucking Aquaman movie. Which will be the official end of it. Air quotes again. So, in anticipation of The Flash, I am going to say, I'm going to give this a 7.5 before I even see it. Say nothing of it. No, no spoilers, no nothing. Don't know what the secret ending is. Don't know what anything about Because they, they have had very, they have had so many screenings of this film. This is unusual. But it's because there's the Miller's issues. He's been accused of grooming. We've seen him uh, attack women on camera. He's done it multiple times. Uh, he's had some clear mental issues. Now he's, air quotes, um, working on those. 
I'm not going to call her the man a liar. If that's your position, not mad how you feel. You do what you got to do to feel how you feel, right? But I, I think this will be... It's very unusual how many screenings they've had. Because everyone's seeing this movie. Like, they're just throwing around screenings like it's the new, like it's new pussy. So, I feel like there's a, they're setting people up for something. I don't know what it is, though. And it could be Barry Allen dying. Now, that's my morbid writer brain saying that. But I don't know what it could be. I, have, I, I genuinely have no idea. So, I'm going to give it 7.5. I still think it'll be a fantastic... First of all... If you've ever read the Flashpoint comic book or seen the the, uh, the, the cartoon of cartoon movie of it, it's a it's fantastic. It's a great story that Jeff Johns came out with and a couple other people. I do think on that level, comic book wise, it'll be good. But the Flash is better when it's drama. And it seems like that's where they're going. Anyways, in anticipation of the Flash, I'm gonna give it a seven point five to begin with. That's me really setting the bar low just to maintain my expectations. But I, I think the movie's gonna be fantastic. Uh, but if you don't want to see it and you can't separate the artist from the man, you're not wrong either. Anyways, that's your Wednesday show. Enjoy the flash if you're going to see it. If you're not, cool too. Um, enjoy your weekend or enjoy your week. And I will talk to you guys later. I am Slow Chemical and we are out.